I'm Susan Moran. And I'm Chip Granditz. And I'm Joel Parker. And this is How on Earth, the KGNU Science Show. Today is Tuesday, March 12th. 2019. Coming up, we'll hear from Richard Wrangham. He's a Harvard biological anthropologist about how and why humankind evolved to be both peaceful and violent and what it means for us now. As long as we keep in mind that there is always a danger that people might use their power and therefore we need to set up systems to stop them doing it, then we can envisage a future of peace. We'll skip the science news headlines today so we can spend time sharing parts of Susan's and my recent interview with Richard Wrangham, whose new book is called The Goodness Paradox, The Strange Relationship Between Virtue and Violence in Human Evolution. Uh, It is interesting, you know, for for many uh, centuries... Um, the the idea of science playing into a morality and virtue has has been fraught with with difficulty. Uh, certainly, first in entanglements with the church, where that was clearly uh, the province of religion. But then the application of evolutionary principles to morality. Um, people were made anxious from uh, concepts of social Darwinism and how that those ideas were misused with the rise of uh, eugenics. Uh, Nazism, and so therefore people pushed uh, science away from morality again. And yet, uh, this is a topic that that humans are very much interested in, and they want to understand it through every mechanism they can. And I'm sure we in the science show totally agree that one of the best ways to understand uh, the difficult problems around us is to do a scientific approach. So the goodness paradox really drives right at some of our fundamental questions about you know how it is that we as society as as a species uh, use violence. Uh, it used to be used by individuals to make sure that they got what they got, uh, but now there we have you know the idea of governments, national governments. That I think one of the things that libertarians will say the principal idea of a government is that they have a monopoly on the use of violence. And mm. and how did that evolve into the society we have now with the benefits? And of course, if you were listening to uh, Democracy Now this morning some of the problems of giving a state the monopoly on violence. Yeah, it's interesting. It's called the goodness paradox, and you talk about the monopoly on violence, and uh, uh, that seems like a paradox in itself. Uh, you put this in a historical context, but it, it uh, history applies as it is for today. And, uh, you know, I think this is an interesting angle to take on the idea of uh, science and science education and awareness uh, historically as well as in the present time. Uh, Professor Wingham's publisher, uh, Pantheon, has generously donated several copies of this wonderful book, The Goodness Paradox, to help support KGNU. One of these books can be yours if you give at least $60 to become a member or renew your membership or become a solar member at just $5 a month. So you can call now at 303-449-4885 to pledge your support to KGNU as a community member in this science show and get your copy of this fascinating book. And we also want to thank the many listeners out there who've supported KGNU and the Science Show for months, many of you years. In fact, two here, Chip Granditz and Joel Parker, I believe have 
been with the show from its inception a in wee the early bit of 90s. Time, a wee right? bit of time. I'm more of a newbie since 2007 or so. <laughs> and we invite those of you who have enjoyed the show but have not yet stepped over the fence to become a member to do so now, right during this show. We are hoping to raise 500 at least for during this show. And I want to dive right into the interview We've got three clips to air, and we'll do the interview in full next week. But want to encourage those who have not called to please do so now. And during the show, 303-449-4885, and pledge your support to KGNU and The Science Show. So I want to dive right into the interview with this Harvard primatologist, Richard Wrangham. He traces the roots of our seemingly contradictory tendencies for both peacefulness and for aggression to our ape ancestors. You'll learn a lot about bonobos and chimpanzees in particular if you get this book. Here's Dr. Rangham. You've got this dichotomy here, basically. Call it bonobo-chimp, or in your book you talk about this, that we've inherited these two opposite worldviews. One is that of Jean-Jacques Rousseau, the 18th century French philosopher, who basically claimed that humanity is instinctively peaceful. Nice. And on the other is that of Thomas Hobbes, the English philosopher of the 16th, 17th century, who claimed that humans are naturally wicked and need, to be, and need society to tame their bad instincts. But you really claim that it's not one versus the other, and that's actually a false debate, right? And how so? Yes, no, that's very well put. I mean, I think that what has happened is that the reason that it has been so difficult to resolve this debate between Rousseau and Hobbes is that in, in different ways, each of them has performed a correct view. That is to say that uh, innately, as Rousseau <coughs> is said to have claimed, uh, we do have a tremendous tendency for, um, call it peaceableness, uh, for a very low rate of aggression in ordinary day-to-day interactions. And yet it is also true, as Hobbes claimed, that we have a natural tendency to be selfishly concerned in ways that will lead us to readily use aggression or violence uh, on our own behalf. And so the big question is, how do we reconcile these two? And I think we now have a very clear answer. And the answer is that uh, whereas people have always traditionally thought that aggression comes in just one style and you're either low or high on the scale of aggression, actually there are two biologically distinct types of aggression. And we are low on one type, which is the reactive aggression, and we are high on the scale of the other type, which is proactive aggression. Yeah, flesh that out a, a little bit. So the, the less reactive, meaning the hot-headed, I'm just going to punch you and I'm responding to a threat, versus the more yeah. cold, premeditated, proactive. Exactly. Exactly. So <clears throat> reactive aggression is is uh, always uh, associated with a strong emotional arousal. Uh, You kind of lash out at uh, whatever is alarming or threatening you. And by the way, you can very often get hurt uh, while you're involved in that kind of fight. Whereas proactive aggression is the the planned, cool-headed type where you expect not to get hurt because you expect to make a plan that will make others suffer but not yourself. Right, isn't the classic response to that, well, I'll be a monkey's uncle. Uh, <laughs> you know, it is interesting to, to hear the science of how uh, 
our fundamental tropes in our civilization, how our innate desires and proclivities come from our primate ancestors. Uh, it reminds me of an interview that I did about four years ago with uh, Franz de Waal, the famed primatologist, uh, The Age mm -hmm. of Empathy. And it's interesting in the evolution of science, uh, with the rise of behaviorism, the way science worked is that if something was not directly observable, it was sort of could not be considered scientifically to exist. Right, it was a little fuzzy. A little bit fuzzy. And yet, um, you know, people that have studied primatology before have really come to understand uh, how there's actually communities and social interactions very similar to our social interactions in primate uh, cultures, I think is reasonable to call them. And it's interesting to hear someone like Richard Wrangham uh, study those and see how they can apply to uh, the problems that we have in our civilization I find today. it fascinating to, you know, study other species to learn about ourselves. And, uh, you know, th one of the interesting things I always find about science is how you can study seemingly unrelated, disconnected things from the edge of the universe to, you know, the quantum phenomena of an atom, and they can tell us a little something about ourselves and, you know, reality and the world that we live in, and it just goes to show that it's really all intertwined, that to learn about ourselves, we need to study others and other things, and this book, The Goodness Paradox, I think really goes to the core of that in many ways. And uh, it's kind of a, I don't know, would you call it a self-help book? <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe not a self-help if you're into more than I'm going to punch you. Well, but, you know, what was the movie called? Uh, oh, Fight Club? <laughs> yeah, Fight Club. Or <laughs> Robert De Niro, where you got to oh, do your uh, anger Raging management. Bull? Yes. Anger, anger management. Uh, we no. want to thank Dane, Dan and Sheila for their donation that they love uh, this and alternative radio and this combination of national news and KGNU. Thank you. And we want to encourage all of you now to call 303-449-4885. That's 303-449-4885. And if you pledge a minimum of $60 as a one-time contribution or become a sustaining member that would be a minimum of $60 a year $5 a month you can also get a copy of this great book the goodness paradise you know what you the just paradox but you or yeah the goodness paradise <laughs> the paradise. paradise paradox uh, what you just said about the combination of local and national news I, I think this is something that is really a strength of KGNU that it is both global and local it is really your community radio. It is, you know, it provides a local voice. It provides local news. And on our show, it provides local science. You know, Boulder is this bubbling cauldron hub of science with all the acronyms here with mm -hmm. JILA and NCAR and NIST and everything. And uh, there is a lot of science all along the front range and uh, technology that we really can give a local voice to and really discover what is going on in your community from a scientific perspective. You can hear from people who might be your neighbor talking about grand designs of the universe or the next mission to Mars. 
All of this is happening here, and you get to hear it because of your support for your community radio station, KGNU. So we really encourage you. We live by our members. We live by your support. And if you donate, calling in here at 303-449-4885 and pledge your support, you are supporting those local voices in science, in news, in education, and in environment. It is your radio station. Tell us what you want. Yeah, and another uh, alternative technology is to pledge securely online at www.kgnu.org. How modern. (laughs) Uh, And, you know, it it is interesting. uh, You know, science is based on the idea that there are peer-reviewed independent voices. And I think what has happened with the consolidation of media in modern times is that what often appears to be uh, different voices is really comes from a few sources and then goes out, appears to be many sources. And so it is important, uh, what we do as a community radio station and what we do as an independent science show is we do not take uh, funds from advertisers. And so where does the money come to uh, pay uh, the very small overworked staff here at KGNU to, to keep the power on? That comes from you, the listener. So you decide what this show is worth to you. Uh, $60 is a suggested amount, but in fact, feel free to call and pledge any amount. And, and, and you, you mentioned the staff here, but I should also say this is a hugely volunteer-driven effort. The number of volunteers, I should know the number, but I don't. I, I may have to use scientific notation. I'm mm-hmm. not sure. Uh, but it really is a volunteer driven station, the people that you hear on the air, the people working behind the scenes, creating content for you, do this out of the love for what they do for their community and to be able to give a voice to you, to their friends, to their neighbors about what's going on locally, tying it in with what's going on nationally from a news perspective, from a science perspective. And I want to say, uh, from many listeners, we have taken ideas just in the course of conversations Mm -hmm. or you're emailing us. So we're covering everything from neuroscience to the microbiome to genetics to evolution to the soil underneath to, as Joel (laughs) takes part in the Rosetta mission as a principal investigator. I would like to encourage you when you dial in at 303-449-4885 to do your pledge. Also, let us know what have you heard on How on Earth that you like? What science would you like to hear? Uh, You could give a topic. If you know a scientist, your next-door neighbor works and is doing cutting-edge research, let us know if they want to be on the show. We can talk to them. We can give their story. We can talk about the science that they're doing behind the curtain. Yeah, the arc of a Tuesday morning, you know, it starts with uh, the BBC and then it goes to Democracy Now!, the morning magazine, uh, How on Earth, the KGNU Science Show. Uh, and before we move on to music, uh, one of the most popular shows on KGNU, uh, Alan Watts, The Love of Wisdom. I love Alan. Exercises <laughs> so many different parts of the brain. Like you said, we, we learn about things in our own community. We learn about things uh, from far away uh, in our nation, in our world, in our universe, uh, in our guts. And... Uh, uh, Because Alan Watts uh, comes after the show, this really prompted me for a particular question that I wanted to ask Richard Wrangham. Because this goodness paradox, this how is it that within a given individual we have this proclivity uh, to want to not have violence, and yet we 
can allow ourselves to be part of violence, uh, systematic violence, and does that mean that the, the person themselves is, is good or that a person himself is evil if they're capable of taking part in violence themselves uh, or in systems of violence? This is a question that systems of wisdom based on introspection have talked about for a long time, but, but now science has uh, a take on it, and that's what's, what's really fascinating. This is a question I want to throw in because uh, the science show airs right before Alan Watts' The Love of Wisdom. Um, and this goes, we see that right from the title, you allude to um, a human capacity for both saintly kindness and heartless cruelty as a paradox. Uh, I want to talk about how that capacity is not exists both within the human kind, but exists within one individual. Uh, a Buddhist uh, might respond by asserting that the paradox is created by insisting on a belief in a, in a single integrated ego, you know, that acts on a consistent set of beliefs. And a Buddhist would say, although it's scary to do so, in the end it would cause less confusion and, and therefore less misery to just let go of the idea that humans really act on a single integrated set of beliefs. Uh, how, how do such spiritual beliefs compare to the ideas that you present in The Goodness Paradox? Well, the notion that, uh, on the one hand, um, we can be extraordinarily uh, calm and tolerant and docile, and on the other hand, the same individual has the capacity for uh, exerting uh, heartless cruelty uh, or deliberate sadism uh, or um, uh, just uh, uh, thoroughly a vicious uh, attempt to uh, kill others uh, at, uh, with no concern for their feelings. Uh, the notion that an individual can carry these two kinds of approach to aggression uh, in themselves is entirely compatible with the notion that aggression comes in these two styles. So one aspect of the brain is concerned with reactive aggression and the other with proactive aggression, and they can act remarkably independently. I want to get back to uh, uh, something that Susan mentioned in her first question about the distinction between humans and our ancestors. I want to start with a quote from uh, a neuroscientist and occasional orangutan cohabitor, uh, Robert Sapolsky. He said, at the end of the day, there is no social interaction of humans that does not bear the imprint of our being a species of animal, of primate, and of ape. So um, although we pointed out some distinctions, would you accept that statement at face value? And, and if so, how does it apply to the goodness paradox? Well, it is certainly the case that uh, the great majority of our social behavior is influenced by emotions that have evolved from our primate past. And uh, in relationship to the question of aggression, uh, we have these two styles of aggression where the reactive aggression has evolved from uh, a... A, a past ancestor that was almost certainly uh, much more aggressive than we are. The proactive aggression has evolved from an ancestor that was probably uh, rather equivalently aggressive uh, to us in the sense that, like chimpanzees, they would have used their proactive aggression to deliberately kill members of neighboring groups. And what is so striking is that humans and chimpanzees uh, roughly uh, have a death rate from intergroup aggression that is about the same, where uh, something uh, around the order of 1% uh, of individuals in each generation uh, will be killed uh, by uh, members of their own species in intergroup attacks. 
Yeah, it reminds me uh, of an interview I once did that was a little more technologically oriented called Wired for War. Hmm. And, hmm. and it was about the use of uh, technology uh, for more and more deadly forms of warfare. Uh, an interesting uh, observation that the author of that book made is whether or not Wired for War is something that perhaps most aptly described the human brain. And we learned that, you know, the answer is a little bit more complex than to simply say yes or no. Uh, and some parts of the brain are wired for systematic violence and some parts are not. So pretty similarly that, yes, we're wired both for this tolerance and peacefulness and I'm going to kill you tomorrow. So how can we select the <coughs> wiring that we want to use? <laughs> Which circuit? Yes, yeah, certainly I would, uh, you know, we do not have time to do the interview in full uh, this show, but if you tune in next week on KGNU, we will air the interview in full. And we do ask Richard Rangham some questions uh, to that effect, is how can we take, all right, this is very interesting from an academic scientific point of view, but how can we take that and apply it to some questions? In fact, we'll play one more clip in a bit where he does talk more about where we are now, where we could be in the future. But I also want to point out in the book, there's so many things we we don't have a chance to get to here, but it's a lot about the bonobos. They're fascinating mm -hmm. creatures, not simply peaceful, but, and then the apes and how it is and why it is, not just how, that we, that this homo sapien evolved the way we have. And then, as you pointed out, sort of what it means for us now. So please, for those of you, I know you're going to want to dive into this book. There's so much there. The Goodness Paradox, The Strange Relationship Between Virtue and Violence and Human Evolution by Richard Rangham. And a copy can be yours if you call in now during the show, or later this morning for that matter, but please Call in now at 303-449-4885 or be very modern and go to kgnu.org and pledge online. And thank you for those who already have. So let's play one more clip. This is um, Chip Granditz here who in our interview with Dr. Rangham asks another question sort of about what, what is our challenge now for culti cultivating tolerance over aggression? And here's Dr. Rangham. It's slightly startling to think that we have these capacities uh, for proactive aggression in which uh, we uh, will very readily, under some circumstances, uh, be astonishingly unpleasant to members of our own species. But the great thing is that the way in which animals, including humans, have evolved to use proactive aggression is that provided that the attacker risks getting hurt themselves, then there is a tremendous internal constraint on using it. And that is why we can have societies that are peaceful for uh, decades or sometimes longer at a time, where you have social institutions that arrange to make sure that people cannot get away with abusing their power. So as long as we keep in mind that there is always a danger that people might use their power and therefore we need to set up systems to stop them doing it, then we can envisage a future of peace. Boy, it really does take uh, the morning back full circle as I was getting up this morning listening to Democracy Now! and they were talking about issues of uh, unchecked, uh, uh, unaccountable uh, police use of violence and, and, and killing of unarmed uh, individuals. You know, obviously the police exist for a very good reason, and, and police in general are trying to do their duty to protect and to serve. And yet, unless you are very careful about setting up a system uh, granting uh, people the, the power to use proactive violence, uh, 
uh, can cause difficulties that our society is facing right now. So you, you see us, we talk about it when we bring the national news. We talk about the science angle on it. Uh, we will talk about... Uh, the introspective angles of it, and shows like Alan Watts, uh, you know, the proclivities of the human mind. Uh, this is what you get on your local community radio station, independent, non-commercial community public radio, KGNU. Um, if you like what you hear, uh, the the goodness paradox is a book that is simply a token of our appreciation. But mm -hmm. we really think you get for pledging is is the quality independent radio 365 days a year so whether you call us now at 303-449-4885 online at www.kgnu.org you can make a one-time donation or be a sustainer of local radio and it can come out of an account for as little as five dollars a month and that can just make it a little bit easier to become part of kgnu i so do wonder what alan would have said about the goodness paradox you know if if maybe taking the middle way might be the solution between these extremes, as as it's said here, we Homo sapiens can be the nicest of species, and also the nastiest. The way love, love the way the Brits say, astonishingly, astonishingly so, <laughs> right, unpleasant. And there's no paradox here in that we hope you find goodness for your intellect, for your mind, for your spirit from the science show, obviously from Alan Watts on the spirit side. But so uh, out of the goodness of your heart, draw that inner bonobo. <laughs> Not sure if the bonobos would be so generous. They've got, right. they've got it both too. Um, but please do call 303-449-4885 and pledge $60 or more. Pledge anything, but to get a copy of this great book, The Goodness Paradox, uh, pledge $60 or more. Or you can become a sustaining member for a minimum of $5 a month. To echo off what you were just saying, Susan, is one of the things I personally find uh, uh, enticing and invigorating about science is how it uh, gives a bigger picture. It takes us sometimes out of the... the aggressions of the of the world and look at the larger picture, our Earth, the solar system, the universe, and puts it in perspective a little bit. And I, in some ways, I find that as a somewhat anti-aggression calming factor, you know, <laughs> of, of knowing that, you know, it are sometimes the problems, they feel big to us, they are, but, uh, they're small too, and sometimes you can, you can perhaps uh, temper your aggression by thinking of it that way. Absolutely, and we want to let everyone know that we will play the interview with Richard Wrangham, the author of this great book, The Goodness Paradox, The Strange Relationship Between Virtue and Violence and Human Evolution. We'll play it in full next week on the show. Thank you so much. That's all for this edition of How on Earth. Our executive producer is Beth Bennett. This week's show was produced by Susan Moran and was engineered by Joel Parker. Our theme music was written and produced by Josh Cutler. Visit our website at howonearthradio.org to find past episodes, extended interviews, and you can subscribe to our podcast through iTunes and, of course, follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Questions or comments? Call the KGNU comment line at 303 447 9911. For How on Earth, the KGNU Science Show, I'm Chip Granditz. I'm Joel Parker. And I'm Susan Moran. <laughs>